everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, except for the having to, whole, the whole having to watch this episode thing. I would really prefer not to, and I'm going to forget it as soon as possible and never watch it again because it's real, real bad. Yeah, my stress levels lately are been sky high. Uh, this episode is not helping. Um, hi. <laughs> Hello, we are brought to you by supports on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpson Show. Uh, appreciate everyone there who supports the show at any level. I'll get you a bunch of bonus stuff. I encourage everyone to check it out. This week's episode is American History Excellent. Ugh. That title doesn't mean anything. This isn't one. It's not. But you pay- see, it's about jail. And so therefore, it's like American History X. The whole thing with Nazis and gangs and all that doesn't matter because it's about jail. And Burns says, excellent. So you see, Robbie, it like, makes no sense. At if all. you're doing like a, if they did a Shawshank reference or even a Green Mile reference for the title, I'd be, I'd give it, I'd cut, I'd let it go. This, here, Matt, this is, the, this is what the title of this episode should have been in my dream world. It is Smithers the Burns. That is what this episode yep. wants to be, I think, but it doesn't ever get there. Well, it's hard to tell because the two plots are pretty much half and half. And <laughs> the Smithers one is by far the stupider one, which is really saying something. Episode MABF08, originally April 11th, 2010, written by Michael Price, directed by Bob Anderson, received a 2.7 rating with 5.649 million viewers. Imagine that, man. Imagine you wrote this episode of The Simpsons and five and a half million people watched it when it came out. Oh, my Lord. Those five and a half million people. Five and a half million people watched this. Oh, boy. Um, the chalkboard gag. Hot dogs are not bookmarks. I mean, anything's a bookmark if you try hard enough. That's the spirit. That's certainly my. Uh, I abuse books. I will use. I will. I will dog your pages. I will. I will use anything as a napkin. A napkin as a bookmark. I'll throw a, a guitar pick in there. Like I don't care. Um, the couch gag. The family sits on the couch, which is in the front lawn. The front of the house falls down around them, similar to a gag from Buster Keaton's Steamboat Bill Jr., which is you know, a very very famous, uh, gag, which is also incredibly dangerous because. Buster Keaton did it for real. Like he could have easily been really hurt um, by that gag. Uh, but this is a really good couch gag. I really liked it. It might be. I think there's only like it's in competition for the best thing in the episode. Oh, for sure. I mean, and I think it's probably the best one so far uh, in uh, season twenty one. <laughs> you don't even remember what season we're in, Matt. I have no idea anymore. Once you get past into like twenties, uh, I I just don't care anymore. It is season twenty one. Um, this episode guest stars Joe Montaigne as Fat Tony and Kevin Michael Richardson as, quote-unquote, Burns' cellmate. It, like, it's just Michael Clark Duncan, guys. It's just Michael Clark yeah. Duncan from the Green Mile. That's all you just – you. that's all you did. Don't You don't even give him a name. Right? Okay. You don't even give him a name. Okay. So this episode is extra dumb. Uh, it It has – it plays a bunch of narrative tricks for no apparent reason. Um, and that starts right at the take be- up time, Robbie. To take up time, you're, I think you're right. Honestly, it feels like again, this is I, I can't like explain how dull this episode is. How like it felt like it took forever. Like I, I, I was just waiting for it to end. Um, and we start with and like when you start an episode in media res, it's supposed to be like oh action packed. Except this, uh, maybe that's why. Because they thought this episode is really boring. We need to make it more exciting. We need to, like, add mystery to it. Um, so Mr. Burns is in jail. It starts with 
us in jail with Mr. Burns, him being grabbed by some guards, faceless, nameless guards. Uh, and we get all of this dumped on us in the intro. Burns, you're coming with us. No, no, let me go. Surprised? Me, C. Montgomery Burns, locked up like an animal? What caused this puzzling turn of events? Well, I'll tell you my tale by thinking about it to myself. And so our employee of the month is the late Roger Doucette, who tragically died from complications due to union organizing. Moving on, the power plant's first annual 4th of July picnic is this coming Saturday. Woohoo! Oh, I'm afraid you misunderstand. This picnic is for me. You will all be spending your Independence Day slaving away in the hot summer sun without pay, lotion, or gratitude. Oh! Yes, duh, oh, indeed. Why would anyone go to this picnic? Is it a condition of employment? Like, Matt, what? Matt, don't. Like, this this podcast, Matt, if we did that, we could make this podcast three hours long. Like, if we, <laughs> we could. Because there's every single step along the way, you're like, why? Why is this, how does this function? And so I'm not going to stop and t- we're not going to just debate about every single plot point, which because there's no plot points. There's no plot. There's no story in this. There's nothing in this that happens. There's no character arcs. There's no themes. There's a, this episode's about nothing. Um, it, again, it's one of those episodes where it pretends it's about something. It's not. It's about nothing. We could spend hours just going like, how does this ever, this action, this decision both storytelling decision and decision by a character, how does it make sense in a real functioning world? And in every step along the way, they, it doesn't. They strung together a bunch of nonsense to try and fill out 20 minutes. That's what the, that's all that's happening. Like, again, it's like stuff, stuff, like people wrote a couple things on the back of napkins and stacked them together and handed it into some animators. That's, that, that's what this feels like. Um, they wrote Green Mile plus Shawshank Redemption burns. Handed in. That's it. Like, that's all they did. Okay, so uh, we have this flashback to Mr. Burns in jail, and then Mr. Burns at a company picnic that is apparently like a forced labor camp because everyone is serving him. And that's not, again, Matt, like, you go, why would they attend? I guess that's part of their jobs. On July 4th, even though that's against the law, uh, it's a national holiday. Uh, If you, okay. Um, so we're, we cut to Burns and everyone's serving him. They're all dressed up and, and doing different, like feeding him and entertaining him, et cetera, et cetera. We watch a man break his own leg, uh, which is thoroughly unpleasant. Um, yep. the, they have to do a stage performance for him, which we only see a very small part of. We see them perform it. I'm not going to play it because it's, again, what's the point of this? The, none of this matters. I want to make that clear. None of this really matters. Um, and Smithers suggests Smithers goes, you know, they've been here all day, uh, sir, maybe we should let them leave. And you're like, at this point, Matt, I go, okay, maybe this will turn into something maybe. And like you read the synopsis for this and you're like, oh, Smithers takes over for Burns and becomes kind of a, you know, a mean boss like Burns is. And you're like, okay, this is an interesting, this is like, oh, we'll see Smithers be like nice and kind at the beginning to these employees. And we'll see him shift to this kind of megalomaniacal um, authority because of the role, because he can't help but be that because of blah, 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 whatever these reasons, it doesn't, I don't care about that. 
like they they hint and nod at that stuff, but there's never any meaningful. Nothing meaningful happens. Um, we get this play, and then we have Homer, Lenny, Carl. They are upset at Burns treating them this way, so they go down into his wine cellar. We see them drinking very expensive wine, um, and then they just go into his mansion and start destroying things. Real quick, Robbie, I just want to point out, I'm going to go ahead and give you my best thing of this episode. Uh, it's them talking, making jokes about wine sizes. Oh, this is a Jeroboam. This is a Magnum. This is a whatever the giant one Homer has. Best thing in the entire episode. I think it's fine. And I like there's a couple clever things here. I really like, again, these are momentary. <laughs> um, where we get like a Carl's perspective from inside a diving suit as Lenny and Homer are throwing things at him. And he, they're smashing against the faceplate. Like it's, you just hear Carl like, <sighs> right? And you just see yeah. the, like that's clever. But it it lasts ten seconds, you know, and it doesn't really matter for the the rest of this episode. Burns discovers them, calls the police. The police show up to arrest these guys, but instead of arresting them, they see. <laughs> This is already, I'm already so bored, Matt. I'm already like, I can't, I can't even bear describing what's happening. So they see that Burns has stolen some paintings. Yep. He's stolen some classic paintings, famous paintings. Um, and they arrest him for it. And this is another one of those things where you're like, would the Springfield police would do anything about that? No, they would. No, they wouldn't. They would contact the FBI, probably. Yeah, if anything. Also, I, I, I'm glad that it was at least Lou who saw it first and noticed it. But the fact that Wiggum goes along with it instead of going, what is strange credulity? I, it, the, the, the goal here, Matt, like, okay, so you want to get Burns in jail, like, a, at, a, at a, a sheer, like, practicality, logistics standpoint. You're writing an episode. We want to get to the point. Where Burns is in jail, Smithers is in charge of the power plant. It doesn't really matter why Burns goes to jail, but it doesn't. It 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 needs to fit. In, like if you're making an episode that I want everyone, we're going to be doing our fix this episode as we go because this episode's one thousand percent broken. But um, here's the thing: we're like, oh, you want to make a episode about Smithers turning into Burns and being an, you know authoritarian get Burns arrested for being a bad boss. Like he breaks labor laws and he goes to a, what, a, what like they, Matt here, all, you said like, Oh, this filled, this filled time. That's why this stuff mm-hmm. exists. I'm guarantee. I think I feels like someone had like a page of just like jokes about prisons and thought what's, we need to use all this because that's, that's there's, yep. we'll get there. So Burns goes to jail. Apparently, um, does he even have a court case? Does they even go to trial? Nope. He just goes straight to jail. Prison, though. He goes to prison. He doesn't go to like. Right, you're correct. Prison. He goes to prison right long away. Long term. He's in that. We we don't see an actual like sentence he's given, but it's long enough that he's going to be in there for a while. Which would not be what happened if you saw. If Burns got Burns would pay a fine. That's like the other silly thing about this. The thing they use at the very end of the episode to try and get us get out of jail thing is like, oh, he's rich, so it doesn't matter. Like they would have done it right away. Burns is rich; he would just pay the fine, return the the painting, and it would have been an, it would have been over. He wouldn't go to jail. Uh, rich people don't go to jail unless their lawyers are really bad. Um, there's 
a, a long segment about throwing fruit at Burns as he passes through town. And like this, oh, it's so long, and there's a whole thing where they go back to the house, and Homer has a rotten pumpkin and tries to tell Marge it's his lunch, and it just he goes on and on and on. I just ugh. well, while Burns is getting slowly paraded to jail, we get in our introduction into the B plot. So they're throwing rotten fruit at Burns, and there's a lot of jokes. I quote unquote jokes about this. Um, all this we get the B plot, which is Bart, Lisa, and an ant farm. Where are you going? Shopping? Every time this town riots, the malls are deserted. You stay here. Oh, I hate being stuck at home. Play with Lisa. Mom, you don't play with Lisa. You play despite her. Bart, I'm not thrilled either, but one day we might need each other for organ transplants, so we better keep the lines of communication open. Want to help me with my ant farm? You plant the ants and then they grow? No, the ants are the farmers. Really? What are they growing? Nothing. Look, do you want to do it or not? No! Fine. So ironic. After all my years of stock-jobbing, gun-running, attempted murder, successful murder, and Tom Peepery, they get me on a petty multi-million dollar art theft. It's so unfair. Smithers, until I am released, you shall be running the nuclear plant. Me? Be strong, Smithers. Be strong for the plant. She needs you. This would have been a perfect time for it to start raining. Oh, what the hell? I'm telling this story. Hmm, not traumatic enough. Frostbite took his nose. <laughs> Excellent. <sighs> Who's... It's, why, Robbie? Why? I, I mean, I don't know, Matt. I don't really don't know. I don't know why any of this. I don't know why Burns is telling us the story. Like, it doesn't need a narrator. This episode doesn't need a narrator. It doesn't need this this narrative nonsense of like, oh, we need to dress this up with like. I I mean, my best guess is it's like, oh, it's trying to do the Shawshank and Green Mile stuff, so it's trying to use those like storytelling conceits. Except it doesn't make any sense. Why? <laughs> I don't. I don't understand it. Um. It's certainly not funny. Like, I that's the only thing, like, oh, we could throw in some extra jokes. And this is that attempt at that. Grandpa jokes. Oh, isn't it funny? There's He's telling a story, so he makes it rain. I'm like, that's not, not really. No, not really. Uh, this first act is only eight minutes. Uh, this is, we go to act two at eight minutes and nine seconds. This first act felt t- ten times as long. And when we come back, unfortunately, uh, we start off with uh, the Shawshank bit of this, where Burns meets the warden. Uh, and Burns tries to blackmail him uh, by saying, oh, I know you're just something. It starts with H, but he can't read his writing. Ha ha. Okay. turns out it's helium, uh, which does start with H. So I guess the joke is that Burns couldn't read a two-letter word or chemical symbol, I guess. Matt, there's no joke here. The joke is I know. the warden has a high voice. That is the joke, Matt. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's it. There's no, there's no other gag here. There's no, th- there's no clever layers to any of this. It's just like what's on the surface. There you go. That's it. Yeah. Alrighty. Speaking of, oh my uh, lord. Yeah, we then get a long montage of Burns in prison gags, along with old man jokes. It's, it's oh, remember all these stupid stereotypes about prison stuff? Oh, uh, now we're gonna mix them with Burns being old and weak and light. Like he goes in the shower and there's no water and he gets sprayed with a hose. Yay. Uh, and Burns' first cellmate, or I guess only cellmate, I'm not sure if technically the other guy is his cellmate, uh, apparently is from Dartmouth. And that's just enough to send Burns over the edge. He can't handle it anymore. He needs to get out. 
It's also a uh, you know a middle aged white guy who did white collar crimes, just like Burns. So you know, yeah. I I anyway. I, it's fine. All the, like the, all these guys are terrible. Like they're just so hacky. They're just so boring. I don't understand how they how we got to this point. Good question. Moving on. <laughs> Uh, we then get we go back to the Bart and Lisa plot where they fight about being the parents to ants. Such an intricate formicarium. I'm the proudest myrmecologist on the block. Hey, they're not eating. Don't worry. I gave them a Pop-Tart. The healthy kind. Strawberry frosted. Bart, that Pop-Tart wasn't locally farmed or sourced. Oh, Lisa, you take the fun out of everything. I am so glad I am not your kid. Well, I'm so glad I'm not your mom. You should be. If I was in your tummy, I'd poo in your throat. Ew, ew, ew. I'll never get that image out of my head. Oh, no. You are not taking the children. If they're anybody's children, they're mine. (laughs) (laughs) Quick, we gotta get them back. There's only one ant left. I will never forgive you. Well, I will never forgive you, Bart. That only angers me more. I know. I mean, this is fine, Matt. Sorry, I was muted. Um, in case anyone couldn't tell, uh, it's the Bart and Lisa got in a fight over the ants. Uh, the farm broke, and his little helper ate all but one of the ants. This is fine. This B blot is yeah. fine. It's not great. Uh, if it had better jokes, it'd be it'd be good. Honestly, it's not like it it yeah. has enough. It's that's the problem. Like, there's just no jokes in it, really. Um, it it makes sense though. Like, and it's a very simple plot, and you understand. Like, that's the, I'll just say this: you understand what's at stake here. It's not complicated. It's Bart and Lisa bond and like start having sentimental feelings about an ant farm, even though the ants don't really have, you know, they don't have any personalities or whatever. They're bugs. Um. It's, it's, I, I, it's the only thing that I could actually follow in this episode, I guess, like, cause yeah. it, it's very simple, but again, it's not, there's not much, I, it's like grasping a straw. There's so not just, much to it, but it's better than everything you're just, else going But on. I mean, it's just like, you know, when you're, you're in the desert and you're dying of thirst, you'd be like, oh, it's a drop of water. Yes, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, it's true compared to everything else. So we go back and Smithers takes the job um, of uh, running the plant and it turns out he is going to be better about it than burns was uh he basically treats the employees as if they're real people he gets rid of the suggestion box that has a guillotine in it and uh all kinds of stuff well matt okay here i'm just gonna make an i I know this in the notes because it's the only thing that it's the only thing that approached humor to me in this whole episode to me it's the only time i smiled was i while i watched it was this the the reveal of of burns in the Goya Saturn devouring his son painting uh, reveal that actually I went, Oh, that's fun. That's, that's clever. Um, and Smithers makes a comment about it at a, that was a weird Christmas party. Like that's the only moment in this entire episode where I smiled. Um, so there's, I just wanted to mention it. I did not laugh. I did smile at this. So, you would think all this stuff is building to a character moment where we see Smithers have to battle it out between being an authoritarian and trying to be a nice person. Like, how do I balance that act of being a boss and being in charge and trying to make sure this place runs and works while also not lapsing into being just Burns and being an authoritarian? That does not nope. happen. Not at all. Um, it kind of, they, I think they forget about it, honestly. 
I don't know what I don't know how to explain. I get they spend so much time with Burns in jail. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, from here, like I said, uh, we get uh, basically Smithers is changing the plant from a nightmarish hellscape to a modern workplace, which still doesn't make it good, but it makes it better for everyone. Uh, we then go back to Bart and Lisa, who are getting their uh, are fighting over little orphan Auntie uh, because they both have gotten attached to this poor little ant. Uh, and, you know, they this like Robbie said, is one of the more interesting parts of the episode, just because you have Bart and Lisa both trying to be caring parents, this one poor little lost ant. But we can't spend too much time with this. We have to go back to Burns getting recruited by prison gangs and eventually getting picked up by a Michael Clark Duncan-like character and use a scarf. I think there's, there is um, – I think I also will mention this because I'm trying to be – trying to mention things that I think are good or even approaching good. And the bit where he calls the people with tat- covered in tattoos the Sunday funnies. Like, yeah. Burns had yeah. funny names for all the different gangs. Um very wrong names, obviously. And like, again, mm-hmm. this feels like, um, this episode feels like Homer the Smithers and it feels like old man and the Lisa where it's like, yeah, what's put burns in like these weird situations without anybody around him is forced to fend for himself. And like this bit feels exactly like the grocery store, you know, where he's cats up at ketchup, ketchup and cats up. Um, and this is like, Oh, he walks around looks at all the prison gangs and like gives them funny names. And, and, like, this is actually one of the better parts of it, which is not hard to do when the rest of this is so dull. Um, but I'll, I'll say that. I don't know. I'm trying to be nice. Really am. It's really hard. <laughs> it really is. Yes. Uh, but we go back to the, the, I don't know, it's technically part of the A plot, I guess. But uh, basically the guys have been uh, – Mr. Smithers has been good to them, so the guys decide to take advantage of him because they're jerks. Mr. Smithers, our lives are awesome thanks to you. And because I know you like your loafers light, I want to give something back. Whoop. Use that image any way you want. Three cheers for Mr. Smithers. To Mr. Smithers! Hooray! Hey! <laughs> uh, listen, uh, can I leave a little early tomorrow? My kid has a thing. Oh, yeah. Can I leave early, too? I want to take a nap so I'm awake for the meteor shower. Well, I'm flexible. Go ahead. You know, I used to think he was just as bad as Mr. Burns. Now I think you're just as good as me. Oh, that is a huge compliment. Ah, excuse me. Yes, the service on my car was excellent. Five out of five. Four out of five. Five out of five. Uh, excuse me, can I go back and change that four out of five to five out of five? I'm wasting your time. Smithers, what a marshmallow. I don't have a thing with my kid tomorrow. You told me you did. I do, but I'm not going to it. To Smithers, the world's dumbest loser. There's nothing sweeter than being nice to a guy's face and then stabbing him in the back the minute he walks away. All right, that's it. (gasps) You know, I used to wonder why Mr. Burns hated humanity. Now I know. You open your heart, and they mock your very decency. We mock your very decency. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Mr. Burns didn't learn that lesson. He's always been like that. It's just, you know, when you grow up rich, that's the kind of thing that comes to territory. Also, this is awfully sudden. Like, they take advantage of him once, and all of a sudden he hates humanity. Matt, I can't. Yeah, like, this is, this scene is like, 
the only one they had, I guess, <laughs> for this plot. So they had to do I all guess. of it. Jeez. I mean, they didn't have to. I'm just this is m- their thought process, obviously, where they're like, oh, we got to the point where, well, because they wanted all this burns and jail stuff, right? So you, that takes up so much time. We have to also do the Smithers plot. Well, we have a single scene to have him have a, a giant character shift. Okay, you do it this way. You have his worker, co- his employees, be- quote unquote, betray him. They lie to his face uh, and make it take advantage of his being kind. Um, I don't like it. It, 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 it you could uh, like make this more subtle and take you know and be more about. Well, Smithers starts giving them more leeway, so the 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 plane the the guys get used to it, um, and they start taking advantage. But not I I wouldn't have it so that it's just them being mean and being like and and bragging about stabbing the stabbing Smithers in the back or whatever like Lenny does. It's so silly. Um, I would have it be more real and subtle and have it like you have three or four scenes. Where this you see this at first, where they start taking advantage of him, and then Smithers realizes, oh, the plan's starting to fall apart. I have to be more of an authoritarian, and have to fight against lapsing into just being a complete authoritarian. Yeah, it's like you need to show a a development of oh, they're very slowly, you know, taking over uh, for his. Uh, uh, taking advantage of his niceness it can't be immediately boom all of a sudden it, it just moves over like no that's so stupid i mean at this point Matt, like they have to get to the point where burns is back in control of the plant so and they need and for some and they and they've already committed to this weird bit where he's getting pulled by guards and they're like and like <laughs> and it's a thing like i didn't think i know i think this is what the episode's trying was trying to do with that beginning thing and i didn't realize this right at the beginning I think this episode wants us to believe that those guards are coming for Burns so that he can be executed. Uh, yeah, that, that's exactly what they're trying to do. Which I didn't realize it because it's so absurd. Uh, it, it, okay. But this episode is not concerned with the Smithers stuff whatsoever. Smithers is a sideshow to this, um, which is a problem because it's the thing I'm most interested in. I'm most interested in the idea of Smithers being the boss and us seeing what happens. This episode doesn't care about that. This episode's like Burns weird like Burns silly Looney Tunes stuff in prison. That's what this episode's about. Basically, yeah. Yeah. But we go to commercial. And now we're oh, that's gonna get worse from here. I mean, Matt, this part. is fourteen minutes this is fifteen minutes in an episode. We go to the third act and you're just like, How there's five minutes left, man? Like what are you gonna do? What's the story yeah, right? you're gonna tell? They they spent so much time doing a random nonsense. They're just oh, there's not much left. There's no story left. There's nothing to do. There's no time. Um we come back. Smithers is mean now. He's making them do work. Um and we cut to Burns um at the in jail with the Michael Clark Duncan character. Um, and the Michael Clark Duncan character is ministering to Burns, trying to save his soul. And that is what this episode becomes. 15 minutes in, we introduce Burns getting his soul saved by this Green Mile character. And it eventually works. And the Michael Clark Duncan character sucks the evil out of Burns, like the Green Mile. And this is not like this is there's no like doubt 
about this. This is not just like an imagined sequence. It's not just like, oh, he puts a hand on Burns' shoulders and then it happens. We literally watch it. We literally watch him suck the evil out. And this is not magical. There's no, again, the tone of this episode is so all over the place. You, you, they're just like, oh, this happens. You're like, there's magic, I guess, in this episode. Magic happens. This is what this is. It's just magic. Uh, and now Burns is good because uh, this character sucked the evil out of him. Okay. So I, I this is where I wrote, this is very bad Green Mile. And I that that's true. Um, we cut back to the B plot. Uh, Auntie is getting old. The little, the one single ant is only a few days remaining until it dies. Um, Bart and Lisa decide they're going to go set it free so it can live its last couple days in the real, like in the wild. And Matt, it's it, it, I thought there would be, I, I guess that's my fault. I shouldn't have expectations for anything at this point. I shouldn't have hope. No, you should not. I, I thought there was going to be something of, oh, Bart and Lisa, it's an ant. It doesn't care. He doesn't have thoughts and well, feelings. Well, yeah, and it's like an ant without a colony is nothing. It's just, yeah, it's a single ant. It's not going to, I don't know what to tell you, but like, and I thought, okay, maybe that's the point of this. It's like, it doesn't matter that the ant has it, doesn't have thoughts and feelings. It's about them bonding. But they don't really get to that either. Um, whatever. Uh, they, they, Andy's getting old. We cut back to uh, the guys at the bar planning their next move. Smithers is now worse than Mr. Burns. Instead of releasing hounds, he releases wolverines. I never thought I'd say this, but I wish Mr. Burns was back. Hey, if wishes were horses, I'd be eating wish meat every night. What does that mean? It means it's not like you're going to break into the prison and bust them out or anything. Oh, hey, come on. You can't really be serious about breaking them out. It's too late to turn back, Mo. We've exchanged meaningful looks. Now, you can still turn back. The point of no return is to whispered huddle. Okay. Okay. Oh, God. Oh, God. <sighs> okay, this is just one example, Matt. Where I'm about, I'll, I'll just say it. Lenny just says, come out, comes out and says, Smithers is worse than Burns now. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how they get it. <laughs> they don't show us this. They don't have a montage even of like a reign of terror from the Smithers, which would be great. That's an example. And they love montages. They love montages. It's a way you can fit in a lot of gags, a lot of sight gags, a lot of jokes in a short period of time. And it gets the point across, oh, Smithers is a, is a bad boss now. And it would make sense, and and that, and again, I, all of this would make sense in, a, in an episode that actually cared about it as some like developed story. But instead, they just have Lenny go because that's all they can do now. They have no more time, so they have to have Lenny just come out and say, "Oh, Smithers is worse than Burns." And there's a Wolverine in the bar. He literally has a Wolverine attached to him. He pulls it off and it eats peanuts. And what is this? I wish I could tell you, right? Is that is this? This is like pushing through a plot. If this is a court, like if there was a court case of this, I'd have a screenshot at a, a, a like the screen cap of this, like of of a Wolverine attached to Lenny's butt, which is what it has. What there literally happens in this episode is we see a Wolverine biting down on Lenny's butt. 
um, and him removing it. And I would point, I would go like, I'd step in front of Al Jean and the creative staff, and I'd be like, I point at this, like, picture me in front of a courtroom, and I like, I'd point at that, and be like, Mr. Jean, explain this. You know what he'd say? He'd say, Oh, it's funny because it's a Wolverine; and they're worse than hounds. Uh huh. Again, it feels this feels like a freaking Norm Macdonald doing Burt Reynolds. Like, oh, it's funny. Get it? Big hat. It's funny. Get it? Wolverine. Worse than a hound. Worse than a dog. You know, Doberman? Worse than that. Like, who's this for? Is this for children? Like, this is, is this how we're targeting now? Like, eight-year-old kids? Like, six-year-old kids? Mm-hmm. Like, this is Ralph-level, like, comedy. Um, so most suggest they break Burns out of prison. Not really, but then the guys are going to do that. And this is where you also ask the question about, you're like, wait a minute, they're going to go break Burns out of prison. How do they do that? That's a very good question, but now they are fake prison guards, and they are the people. We are back now to the quote-unquote present, where we started the episode where those the three guys dressed as guards are in there with Burns. We, we, we go to our final commercial, 18 minutes and 35 seconds. Oh, and thankfully this will be over relatively quickly. So Burns' cellmate stops them and says, oh, no, you can't leave. I've changed you. And then we cut away. To Bart and Lisa releasing little orphan Auntie. Santa's little helper immediately eats her, and Bart and Lisa hate each other again. That was a fun end to that plot, right? Matt, okay, here, I'll say this is my barest defense of that, is that is a thing that could really happen in the real world. Oh, for sure. That is a dog for you. That's a dog and children. It resembles reality, which is my, bare, again, barest defense of the plot. It resembles reality. I'm going to ask you just a quick question. How do the guys do – okay, so actually a succession of questions. You don't have to answer any of these. These are hypotheticals. Um, so we have Homer, Lenny, Carl. They all get prison, prison guard outfits. How do they do that? Um, they all get into the prison. How do they do that? Uh, they don't get found out or caught by anyone along the way. We don't see any of that. Um, how do they get into the cell? We don't see, we don't know, we we they, we don't think about that either. They get burns out, and he goes with them. Why is the Michael Clark Duncan character not in his cell? This is at night. Uh-huh. Everyone's all the people are all Robbie, the prisoners. Robbie, you're, you're 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 thinking way too much about this. We just have to have this happen for the plot to end. Stop trying to make the plot go on. It's not going to happen. I know, Matt. I know. It's just though, like that's five questions, and this, and like, they're just like, yeah, don't worry about it. You're like, well, what do you mean, don't worry about it? Well, I mean, we just saw magic happen. So the magic—that's how they open the doors. Magic. They use magic. Uh huh. Exactly. Evil, an evil wizard did it. A space wizard. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. All right. So moving on, uh, we get Burns decides that uh, he does actually want to leave, and this is his. Ah, quote, justification, unquote. Look, if I leave with you, they're just going to throw me back in. The world has changed since you went in. Men of wealth can beat the system now. Yeah, and they've replaced parking meters with this thing you stick your credit card into. The war is over and the future won. The past never had a chance, man. Do you really want to leave with these idiots? I'm afraid so. But I cleansed you of your evil. I had a little left between my toes. It quickly multiplied, and now I'm a bigger bastard than ever. But I must know, what was it about me that made you try? Because I've killed so many rich white men, I thought I'd do right by at least one. (laughs) We're not so different, you and I. (laughs) (laughs) Get your skinny ass out of here. And that's basically the end. 
that's that's pretty much it. Um, I mean, really, if they wanted the world to be a better place, they would let uh, the cellmate back out to kill more rich white men and leave Burns in there. But, you know, we can't have that happen because he's not rich. Not to mention racism. Matt, they don't care about any of this. This is just this no. again. This is just brief jokes to try and explain this stuff away. Why? Why, why does this one even? Okay, who cares? I don't know. Anyway, so moving on. Um, Burns takes back over from Smithers, and we got a brief scene that shows that he misses his former cellmate. But then we move on to the cellmate who is now ministering to Fat Tony, who has never heard of Jesus. He says, "I know I'm Italian, but no." I've never heard of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's that the, is the end. That's the end of the episode. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man, Matt. Whew. Yep. That's where we're at. This episode is abominable. Uh, it's just so bad. Uh, it makes me question uh, so much. Uh, you, We'll rank this episode at the end of the show. Robbie, how incredibly broken is this terrible episode? No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see. Quick fix. Quick fix. Uh-huh. This is the frustrating thing to me as well. This is so easy. This yeah. this episode is so easy to write. Like, the, at least the structure. Um, Where you want to do an episode where it's okay. Burns goes to jail. Smithers is left in charge of the plant. The, the, and we have an arc where Smithers wants to be a nice guy. A nice guy boss gets taken advantage of over time and feels finds himself lapsing into authoritarianism. And eventually, you know, towards the end, he realizes, oh, I'm becoming Burns. I need to stop this. Um, And that coincides with Burns getting released from prison and takes over the job. We return to the status quo. It's very simple. Um, And that's what you do. Like it. And you don't you you don't have Burns getting cleansed in jail. You you have you can do cutaway gags to 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 Burns in jail, where you instead of doing every joke about prison that you can think of, <laughs> which is does that what it feels like? This episode feels like they just wrote down every joke they could think of about prisons and with Burns and did them all. You're like, well, maybe instead of doing them all, you pick the five best ones. And you focus on improving. I mean, that's not very good still, but yeah. No, I mean, Matt, here's the thing. You take the five best ones, and then you polish them. You improve upon them and make them even funnier. You layer, you know, you do the onion. You layer the gags. So it's not just a simple one thing. You make it multiple things. Eh? Eh? Funny? I mean, that seems like a good start, but yeah, uh, okay, but yeah then, I don't think they can do that anymore. Matt, come on, man. You got to have hope. You got to have faith. Uh, as George Michael once said, um, you have Smithers go through this journey. You have Homer, Lenny, and Carl be there to try and, they, you know, they start taking advantage of him. I don't think you make it a mean thing. You make it simply like, oh, well, if they're going to let, if he's going to let me have more sick days or let me take more time off, no, he's gonna, I'm going to do it. You make it like a real story with like real things that it's like a real world reality. Uh, the B plot's fine. If you have time, you keep it. I would have it. So it has something happen at the end, even if it's a minor thing where it's like Lisa and Bart, like they go, oh, you know what? Our aunt, the aunt really didn't matter that much, but it was nice for us to bond over this. Give give us something. Give us a, like a period at the end of the sentence, not just nothing. Yeah. But that's easy though, right? That's like, you just, 
you develop a story and you have scenes where like they talk about things and do things. They don't have everything turn on a dime. You don't have. Well, it's like you often say, or you tell me because it's a common writing advice. You have to kill your darlings. You have to strip everything down to the absolute bare minimum to make the story work. And then you add little things back. You don't just throw everything and say, okay, this is good. Again, this feels like it wasn't edited. This feels like there's no revisions. It's just like, oh, we wrote it, we turned it in, we threw it, to, we threw it at the animators, and they did their best. I don't know. Um, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments from the news group is where I ask our patrons over there on patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show what their thoughts on that episode is. Appreciate everyone who does take the time to watch the episode, leave a review. Appreciate you. Uh, Tim. I actually found you apologize. This to... <laughs> hey, people can make their own decisions. Okay. Okay, Matt. They can decide if they fair, want to fair. subject themselves to this, uh, to the scholarship. Uh, Tim, I actually found this to be a pretty decent episode. We drive right into the plot. There's character development with Smithers. Most of the characters are behaving consistent to form, and I felt myself somewhat engaged. Plus, we actually see Kirk have a moment of dignity. Before American History, excellent. That had happened exactly never. I'll put this at number 255, canon, and could be fixed if we rid ourselves of useless and harmless B-plot involving Lisa's at the farm. You missed, you missed us on this one, Tim. I won't speak to how you feel, episode. Obviously, that's your feelings, but engaged is wrong. It's okay. It happens. Maybe in a better if I'm maybe if I was in a better mindset I'd like this slightly more. But uh, from Dara Smithers sending himself down the chute got a laugh out of me. Everything else, eh? It's better than the last few weeks, but completely unremarkable. I almost felt like it had a good premise initially. Then the writers just did everything in their power to make it bland. Twelfth best episode of season twenty-one, I guess. And all honesty, it's getting hard to remember some of the other episodes this season. This will be another one like that. Yep, Dara, welcome to the party, pal. That's exactly, you're like, oh, did, what happens? Oh, I watched that three weeks ago. I don't remember anything about it. Ephemeral, it's like a fart in the wind uh, from Derek. By this point, the writers had been mishandling Burns for the best part of a decade, but this is some of the worst material given to him yet. Anything to do with his storyline is just bizarre, and I'm at a loss for words. The Smithers plot, on the other hand, I have many things to say about, because I hate it. I know there is no point even wondering, because everyone has been asking this for 10 seasons now, but why make Homer so unlikable? Our protagonist, our hero, has just been reduced to the most detestable jerk. That whole awfully contrived scene in the bar of Homer and co. bad-mouthing Smithers behind his back was infuriating beyond belief. This coming right after that frustrating moment of Homer showing his gratitude by flashing Smithers. Because Smithers, you see, is gay. And like all them, they're gay types. They like men, all men, any man. With The Simpsons, it never feels like the joke is that the character thinks in such an ignorant way, more that the writers actually think like that. Don't know if that's down to bad execution, but it sucks. This episode sucks. Hear, hear. Amen. From JJ, they've gotten bad writing for everyone over the years, but especially Mr. Burns. He really doesn't feel like himself here. The episode struggles to make me care about anything that's happening. They don't treat Burns' relationship with the other prisoner, who doesn't even get a name with any sincerity, yet still try to have it under an emotional payoff in the end. We get next to no scenes of Smithers being a terrible boss or having anything resembling a character arc at all. The scene where he overhears the guys badmouthing him is so contrived and poorly executed. Then there's all the terrible grandpa jokes like Homer lifting his shirt for Smithers. I know you like your loafers light. Really? People haven't talked like this in 50 years. These modern episodes feel more outdated and out of touch than episodes made decades ago. And the unnamed prisoner literally sucks the evil out of Burns? And they make a pre-evil joke? 
I had secondhand embarrassment watching this. The only slightly redeeming part is the B-plot. Even then, it has Bart's line, I'll poo in your throat. Just a dumb, cringy, lazy, gross episode written by old men for a five-year-old audience. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's... This is... Matt, you asked me. When we just... Before we do our... Our, uh, the normal podcast episodes we Patreon recordings generally before. And Matt, this week, Matt asked me, do I really like The Simpsons? <laughs> 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 and and I'm like, no, yeah, you do. You go back, like, just watch a random Golden Years episode and be like, oh, yeah, this is great. And he's like, but is that nostalgia? I'm like, no, it's not nostalgia. Those were genu- those are genuinely good and very funny. They hold up. to th- they, they stand the test of time. They are, it, Sure, nostalgia paints some of it, but nostalgia like good is good funny is funny okay you don't control when you laugh if you think something's funny you will laugh at it um you don't there's no that's the beauty of laughter and of, of comedy of humor is that the surprise of a punchline or a gag you're not expecting will just elicit laughter that you're not expecting to laugh at um but episodes like this do test that theory where you're like do i like the simpsons is the Simpsons? Is this been always been like this? Is that and I just I was you know ten years old when I watched it for the first time, so I didn't know. No, actually, you watch it back, you're like, oh, there's more here than I realized when I was ten. Now you're like, oh, there's less here than I could possibly imagine. Thank you, everyone who left reviews. You can join our Patreon at any level, and you can leave your own review if you want to join our parade of pain or cavalcade of calamity. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. Yellow? KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow? Our listener question week this week is, what is your favorite Sasha Baron Cohen project? I apologize, uh, apparently, <laughs> to our listeners, because no one wanted to answer this question. I think I overrated our listeners' enjoyment of a, a Mr. Cohen, Matthew. So it's Yeah, a, I'm right there with him. I mean, he's had like two good bits, and that's pretty much about it. Well. There's lots of stuff out there. It's just, it's just not stuff that most people have seen. I may be true. Take it away, man. All right. First up, uh, from Alex, movie Borat character Ali G. Good delineation uh, from Tim. Sorry, while Sasha Baron Cohen is certainly somebody I can respect, I can't say I actually have enjoyed any of his material. His performance on The Simpsons is somewhat emblematic of him in general. In IMHO uh, from Dara. Talladega Nights, The Battle of Ricky Bobby is one of my favorite comedies of the last 20 years, and his work as Jean Girard is definitely part of that. Shake and bake. Uh, from Hat Ciliotto, unfortunately, I'm forced to say Talladega Nights because it's the only thing I've ever seen him in. Haven't even seen last week's episode of The Simpsons before. Yeah. No, nope. Borat? Thing. That's, the thing. That that's a surprising thing. Like, Borat is so ubiquitous. I think I would have thought. That's the thing I'm surprised by people. A lot of people didn't even see Borat. I thought everyone. I think a lot of people who listen to our podcast uh, came in a little after Borat because, yeah. Is that? Oh, no, Matt. Are you? What? What do you mean? Are you trying to tell me that I'm old? I'm trying to tell you that all the things that were in the public consciousness when we were of a certain age, a.k.a. a 20-something male, uh, have now passed on. And turns out they were bad. So no one wants them. What? No. Borat isn't bad. I like Borat. (laughs) Uh-huh. Uh, next up from Matt Hippie 200 listen Sasha Baron Cohen is a controversial character but who is America has moments of pure gold some of the interviews are terrifying and hilarious at the same time like the one with Phil Van Cleve where he showed preschool kids how to use guns no joke yeah that was a rough one that was a rough one Robbie what is your answer Tyler Dagan Knights see that's the thing Matt like I don't, I don't know I like yeah. I like like 
yes, it's like his characters are a little obnoxious and crass and rude, but that's kind of the charm. I don't know. There's still part of me that likes all that stuff. Borat is actually like it is social. Sasha Baron Cohen is a smart guy, uh, and those all his you know fake documentaries are funny to me and are full of like they're satire they're proper satire um but i will say talladega nights because talladega nights is uh one of my favorite comedies um and it's his portrayal of uh of charles Girard is uh it works really well in the context of the film about the because uh, the movie is really about like being about masculinity about fragile oh, yeah. fragile masculinity in the south um if it's about anything it's also just very silly uh, which I appreciate. I like. I also like. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, Andy Richter is the same. Andy it's, Richter, it's definitely Talladega Nights. Because and, Andy Richter as uh, his boyfriend is also great. I want to shout that out. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, Talladega Nights is incredible. His role in there is challenging. You know what it means to be a man in competition, and like how you can be a competitive person without believing in toxic masculinity and those sorts of things. How you can have friends and still be in competition with them and not have that drive. It. In general, it is a way more socially responsible movie than you would expect for a movie about you know stock car racing uh but uh, john gerard uh sasha baron cohen and that just does a fantastic job of pushing the limits on that to the point where like oh i get it now but yeah it's great shake and bake shake and bake magic man el diablo <laughs> i need to watch saturday nights again <laughs> it, it, it cheers me up i think that's the thing i just need to watch some like really good comedies that i really love it'll i'll feel better about it myself next week's question we're okay we got very few responses this week i think that that gives me the a good signal about what to do we're gonna go back to tried and true method next week's question what's your favorite smithers quote oh that's gonna be a tough one i always you know whenever in doubt you go back to what's your favorite a quote from a character smithers quote I've done it before. We'll do it again. Unsuredly, we're at episode four hundred fifty plus. Um, so I po- I post the question on Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod. You can email us at Simpsons Show Pod at gmail dot com or answer the question on Patreon, which is patreon dot com slash the Simpsons Show. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S M R T. I mean S M A R R T. The No Google Trivia Challenge, where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions, one easy, one medium, and one hard, and trying to stump the other. I briefly had gotten a lead, briefly, uh, and then Matt took it back from me because he doesn't want me to have any hope in my heart. Uh, I think he, That's true. he literally told me that uh, off the air. He said, Robbie, you have hope in your heart, and we can't have that for too long. Because then you, you start getting uppity and think you're smarter than me. Just, just for a little bit. He can only be helpful for maybe a week or two. Okay, Matt, are you ready for an easy question? I am ready. In Homer the Smithers, Homer becomes whose assistant? Uh, I believe he becomes Mr. Burns' assistant. That is correct. All right. All right, Robbie, your easy question. In The Trouble with Trillions, what country do Homer, Smithers, and Burns fly to in order to escape the government? Cuba. You are correct. Trouble with Trillions, Matt, really? Is this what we're doing? I ask, I go to Homer the yep. Smithers, and you go to The Trouble with Trillions. I get a Scully uh-huh. episode. Okay. I say how it is. I see how it is. I'm trying to be nice, a nice person, and you be mean person. I see how it is. Your mean question: What is Burns's first lunch request from Homer? Oh, first lunch request. Uh, lunch? Well, meal. It's a meal request. I believe it is for lunch. They do say the word. I do. They do say lunch. It is at. It is at work. Hmm. I honestly am drawing a blank here. I have no idea. Uh, the, it, it is three items. 
It is a single pillow of shredded wheat, some oh. steamed toast, and a dodo egg. And a dodo egg, yeah. Sorry, I, for some reason, I'm I'm thinking of the breakfast Homer made for some reason. But yeah, yeah, yep. Okay, don't, I'm dumb. I should have just said that. Donuts? No. I don't like ethnic food. I don't like ethnic food. Remember that? Like that's All a right, that. See, Matt, that is a joke. That is a real joke. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Just that. That's a joke. An example of one. Let's say. All right. So moving on. Your medium question: What magazine does Mr. Burns think Homer is from? Repeat that. What magazine does Mr. Burns think Homer is from when Homer uh, pretends to be a magazine person uh, or tries to sneak around Mr. Burns's mansion? Oh, uh, you're from. It's like an old timey Harper's Bazaar. I'm sorry, it's Collier's Magazine. Collier's, very similar. Yeah, exactly. Society things. Okay, Matt, your hard question. What is that? You're taking a deep breath like you need to prepare yourself? Okay. Smithers. Smithers works for who after being fired by Burns? His first job we see him take. First job. Um, I am. I apparently I have completely forgotten this episode. Uh, I'm going to go with Kent Brockman. <laughs> what? Are you saying Kent Brockman the job? Yeah. I, well, sorry. Oh, sorry. You're saying I think man he worked as a assistant to a person. Again, I have completely forgotten this episode. Apparently, I mean, who? It's a company. This it, it's a place that he works for. Okay, like, I, but no, he's not a newscaster and assistant to Kent Brockman. No, he is. He works for the neat and tidy piano movers. Oh, that's right. Your piano moving days are over. Gotcha. Okay. And he goes to work for Mo, and then he they talks to Homer again, and they reconnect. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Fair like, enough. Fair enough. We're like again. That's a perfect example. In contrast to this episode, where we just get a interstitial scene that shows time passing, that shows that the that the Springfield is a real place where like Smithers just doesn't immediately do a something convenient for the plot. He goes to try and mm-hmm. find a normal job that breaks his body. <laughs> but I'm ready for a hard question, Matt. All right, your hard question. According to Flanders in the Trouble with Trillions, what do taxes pay for? To Flanders. I'm pretty sure, man, if we went back and watched all the Scullier episodes again, we'd rank them much higher because they have jokes in them. They do. At least that's something. <laughs> they have jokes. Um, taxes. Is it how many? Do I get it? How many things he says? There are three things. Three things. Okay. Um, are, are They pay for firemen, for roads, and for our public school system where prayer is not allowed. Or so, I know he makes a joke about religion at some point in there but i that's what i'm gonna say i'm gonna say firemen roads and public schools okay so you are you you almost got one uh (laughs) policemen trees and sunshine policemen trees and sunshine that's like that's actually better than i expected oh yeah it's like uh excuse me sunshine really i mean it got the uh burns's uh sun blocker machine taken down someone the 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 mayor created a task force that disassembled the, the sun blocking machine. Yeah. Oh, okay. One to one today. We're back to the we're back to that, Matt. We're back to one to one. Yeah. Um Matt has a single point lead on me still. Collier's man. Yeah, yeah. Ask me questions. Okay. I see how it is, Matt. You asked for this. I just wanted you to know that, okay? I went for I went easy on you. You can't even remember a single pillow of shredded wheat. How dare you? I thought you were going to get it, too. I was really worried. Um, 
that's it for trivia. We can move on to our final segment. The segment we end every single episode with is time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Okay, how weird is this Yeah, it's real low. This is bad. Um, it's not the truly worst of the worst. That's true. It's not. It's I, not way down there, but it's still pretty dumb. I mean, it's really bad. Um, I think I'd rather watch Homer Rossi than this again, and that's three seventy two. Oh, I was not even like that. I'm at. Um, like here, oh, okay. what's I was. Um, like this is right there with the Burns and the Bees. Um, Papa Don't Leash, Lost Horizon. Like that's where I'm. Okay, what's last week is the greatest story ever told. Okay, we just did it. Okay. Is it better or worse than that? It's better than that. I would much rather watch this than that again. Like, by a, by a long shot. I'm not... Um, hmm. I think you're right, but I am not... I'm not so... I'm not so glowing about it. Um, I think it's... That's it fair. That's better. Fair, I, I, I'm looking a little higher up at, like, G.I. Annoyed Grunt, and I'm having a tough time because of how much I hated that episode, thinking, would I rather watch this or that again? And it's... It's tough. I think this is the problem with all these episodes and like they are so bland and boring that you're just like, what is it? Like, what is there to do with it? Like, it's more just like, Oh, I'm going to sit and waste 20 minutes on my life. Um, but they're very close because they're, I, I think you can't always say what you want is better than this. Okay. I know that it's, this is absolutely not better then you can't always say what you want, which is number 386. So I would say it's above the greatest story ever doed, and below you can't always say what you want. Where in there? I don't know. Um, honestly, Matt, I think it, this is only right above the greatest story ever doed. I'm like looking at like really? Gone Maggie. Really? You'd rather watch Gone Maggie Gone yes. this again? Yes. Yes, I would. Uh, I think so. Yeah, like, I'm really to, I'm, like I'm trying to – I'm trying to – I'm trying to like think about. At least there's some adventure in Gone Maggie Gone. This is just stupid. That's the thing. Like Gone Maggie Gone is empty, but it like is colorful emptiness. You know, like oh, there's like fun national treasure things that like yeah, they're dumb and they're pointless, but at least they happen. Like all this is just gags about jail. Like it's prison gags. For, and this is written in two. This is 2010. Like. This isn't like nineteen. If this episode, if this came, like was a a movie from like the seventies, I would forgive it. But this is in two thousand ten. It just was recycling the hackiest jokes about prison, um, from like Shawshank and the Green Mile and stuff. You're just like, this is what we get. Um, like I think Gone Maggie Gone is more entertaining than this. And that's what I like when I'm in doubt, man. That's what I think of. Like, what's more entertaining in general? Like, what would I rather spend my time with? And I'd rather watch God Make God again. But I would not. I think yeah, you're right. You're, I would not watch Greatest Story right. Ever Dode over this. So that's where I put it. No. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. Which is not mm-hmm. very good. This is like right above the dregs. Yeah, it's true. Like, there's there's one level below this, which is the pit, which is like, you know, hell. Um, this stuff is just so bland and boring, and it doesn't make any sense. And the title, ugh, I re- like. I just want to. I just want to talk to Eugene. Like, why, man? And the problem is, I already know his answer. He's like, well, we just, you know, we didn't have time, so we just kind of went, yeah, that's funny. Let's use it. And you're like, it's yep. not really funny. 
Okay. So that's American History Excellent number three, number 395, uh, right below Gone Maggie Gone, right above The Greatest Story Ever Dode. First place on the list is still Homer's Enemy. Last place is still Codependence Day. Uh, we have one more thing to do. One more question to answer before we go. And that question is, do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! There's no reason. None. This is completely pointless and actually makes the cannon worse if you left it in. So fire the cannon. Goodbye, American History Excellent forever until until like, you know, two weeks from now when we have to go like, is it better than that? And we both go, <laughs> what episode is that again? Uh-huh. Um, we are going to ask the same question about every episode on the list. We answer it about every episode on this list. And we are at number 130, working our way down from the top. It is Lisa versus Malibu Stacy, Matt. Oh, that that's a great one. Oh, Lisa, my gosh. Lisa yes. Lionheart. Yeah. Um, I was just, it's very like it's just solid it's just like a solid like and that's the thing like not every episode do you expect to be the best episode ever but when you look at like an episode that it's 130 on our list it's relatively far down and you like and you're like no that's really good that's a really good episode of the simpsons it has lots of really like memorable moments and quotes and you're like well that's how good they are is that even like an episode that's in the hundreds is still really good and it has full like but she has a new hat. <laughs> it's that stuff. You know, like <sighs> it's still so memorable and so good, Matt. Like, and it nails things that we still can. And like, it's a wonderful confluence of Lisa as an eighty-year-old girl to Lisa as a intelligent person offended by the things that are aimed at eight-year-old girls. Exactly. Yes, it stays. Of course, it stays. Um, our next episode, Matt, is Chief of Hearts. Homer and Chief Wiggum become friends after Homer shares a sandwich with Wiggum. Oh, that sounds interesting. Bart becomes addicted to a Japanese game called Battle Ball, but Marge and Skinner believe that Bart is dealing drugs. And it features one of our favorite characters, Judge Constance Harm. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves Judge Constance Harm. Um, that's oh. next week. Um, I'll be in Florida by the time we record it, and I'm looking forward... I wish I could just time travel so I didn't have to deal with the week in between those times. Um, but that'll be then. You can watch along with us and all that stuff. Uh, th- this list and all the things we do online are on our website. It's com. Has every episode. Um, has links to all of the things. RSS feed, our Twitter, our Patreon if you want to help support the show. We obviously appreciate everyone and do appreciate everyone who does support us on there. Um, you can find me online on Twitter. And every social media place at Robbie Dorman. Robbie Dorman, if you search my name, you'll find it. Presumably, you'll find my pages. Uh, my website is RobbieDorman.com, which has links to everything I do online, including all my novels. Um, my newest novel is called The Other. It's an exorcist meets the notebook love story meets evil story. Um, I think it's great. I will have a new novel coming out in a couple months, finally. Uh Move, apparently moving is hard guys it takes a lot of time selling a house is really hard guys i don't know if you know this or not um it's a lot of work for uh just a person and two two people uh, effectively it's very difficult to do it uh matt does not participate in social media you will not find him 
Uh, that is true. I spend all of my time taking care of kittens who are in short supply right now for some reason. Uh, but you can see past adorable interns on Kitten Turns at Kitten Turns on Instagram, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S. Uh, I just revel in their cuteness and know that soon, soon, there will be more of them. Thank goodness I haven't had anyone get me coffee in months. Jeez. Is that, what, is that one of the roles, one of the tasks they get? One of the tasks, indeed, well, yep. The, the Kitten Turns, they have to make coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, just like out of a coffee pot? Do they do pour over? Like, what's the... Uh, no, they use the AeroPress. Okay, all right. AeroPress, understood. Do they watch James Hoffman use his tips? Uh, <laughs> I don't think so, no, because the coffee is very bad. Because, you know, kittens. That's fair enough. Uh, that'll do it for us today. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching this episode. Shh.